0: In today's episode of the Unperfect Podcast, you'll be learning how many times I've run into my own garage door, why nobody is really living a perfect life, and a few tips for experiencing God in the middle of the mundane. I'm your host, Shelley Smead, and it's my desire to help others seek glimpses of God's glory among the imperfections of their lives. If you've ever struggled with measuring up to an unattainable standard or have wondered where is God in the midst of less than perfect circumstances, you are not alone hope, and maybe a little bit of humor are on the horizon. Welcome to episode one of the Unperfect Podcast. I am so honored that you've joined me today on this inaugural episode. Wow, that sounds fancy, inaugural. Anyway, today I will be sharing my thoughts on this whole idea of the word unperfect and where it came from, because I know what you're thinking. Unperfect is not even a word. But I will say right here, the numbers do not lie. So let me give you some of my numbers. Six, this is the number of texts I've accidentally sent to the wrong person, which include, but is not limited to, inviting my son's friend's dad to a beach getaway. Yes, I did that. Thought I was texting my husband. That was not awkward at all. And accidentally responding to a friend's request for parenting advice with this text. I'm on my way with duct tape. Those are just a couple of the less embarrassing examples of incorrect or accidental texts I have sent. Five, the number of times per hour I have had to search for my phone or my keys. And on more than one occasion, the lost phone has been in my hand because I was literally talking on it. Okay, four, this is a fun one, and unfortunately, this ends up being one of my husband's favorite conversation topics when we're having dinner with friends. Four is the number of times I've backed into my own garage door. It's sad, but it's true. Actually, just did it again a few weeks ago. My husband is now an expert at repairing garage doors, thanks to YouTube. So should you find yourself in a similar situation, feel free to give him a call. Three. This is the number of times per year that I either show up at appointments actually scheduled for another day or just miss them all together because I forgot to even look at my calendar on that appointed day. Two is the number of times I have either left a vehicle in neutral at the gas station and come out to find it heading down the road driverless or worse, maybe worse, driven off from the gas station with the gas pump still inserted in my tank. That was a very interesting sound indeed. And one, I wish there was a drum roll for this one. One is the number of times I've had my PayPal account shut down and investigated for making a joke about Cuban cigars while sending money to a friend. This was no joke. I don't even smoke cigars, y'all. But there was a guy selling them on the beach during a trip with some girlfriends, and his little jingle was just so catchy and hilarious, and we found ourselves singing it all the time. So I thought it would be equally funny to insert it into the comment section of PayPal while I was reimbursing my friend. Here is a life tip for you. It was not funny at all, apparently. But do you see now the need for this whole new word to describe my unperfection? Because imperfect just doesn't do it justice. But there is another reason this word has a lot of meaning for me. Being authentic and honest and very transparent, particularly on social media, has always come natural to me. In fact, there are times my husband has to preface a conversation with, don't post this on social media. But I get it honestly. I was raised by two extroverted parents who will tell any stranger their life story. So if I do something ridiculous, like for instance, this one day where I not only accidentally took my child's ADHD medicine on accident because it looked just like my vitamin, but I also dropped one on the floor and watched my dog gobble it up before I could grab it. So the dog and I were both on a stimulant all day. That was a fun day. Well, when that happened, I posted on Facebook. Similarly, if I was frustrated or hurting or I really stunk it up at parenting on a particular day, I'd mention that out there, too. I think it was just my way of processing stuff. But also, I was seeing so many posts out there from other women that, frankly, were like, today, my children arose and called me blessed. And I'm just blessed and highly favored today. Here's a selfie with my perfect husband who cleans the house every night when he comes home from work. And this was just kind of my way of rebelling against that image of perfection, because in turn, I would post things like, today, my children made it out of Walmart without shoplifting. But I'll never forget about nine years ago, I had an acquaintance reach out to me on a messenger app, and I'll read to you what she wrote. I'll leave out the more impersonal identifiers there, but here's what she said. She said, Shelly, I don't know you very well, but I just want you to know that your posts are so refreshing compared to the pics of gourmet meals, marathons, honor roll certificates, and perfect lives out there. She went on to share some things she and her family had experienced. They were really raw and difficult and Then she said, I know deep down that God has and will continue to be glorified in our pain, but it's really frustrating that others seem to have it so easy. I don't want any more refining, really. His grace does abound, in fact, in the deepest waters, but I'm not sure I can go much deeper. And that text just really had an impact on me. In that moment, I really felt a calling from the Lord to continue in that authenticity to help other women feel seen, but also a desire to explore how the word of God can speak life into those imperfect moments. Because no matter how we make things appear, no one is living a perfect life. Let me tell you why they're not, because it is physically and spiritually impossible. And here's the final and most powerful reason why I love this word unperfect even as it describes me and my shenanigans i'm not just unperfect because i run into my own garage door or accidentally send text to the wrong people but because i am unperfect in the spiritual sense not just in this god's not finished with me yet kind of way although thank god that is true as well I love Philippians 1.6. It says, I can be confident that the one who started this good work in me will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. But I'm also unperfect in this I was never meant to be complete this side of eternity kind of way. We are living right smack in the middle of the now and the not yet. And what I mean by that comes directly from Scripture. First John 3, 2 says, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, we do get to see temporary glimpses of glory, but the clouds of humanity that surround us are reminders of the ever-present conflict of spiritual beauty, living in a broken and fallen world. We are eternal souls meant for radiant glory, but we're covered in rotting flesh with metabolisms that seem to slow down with every decade that we are alive. We were created for more. We were created for perfection, perfect relationships, perfect worship, perfect communion with God's creation. This is the Garden of Eden we were made for, paradise. But here we are, incomplete, imperfect, unperfect. I live here in the beautiful mountains of Western North Carolina, and we have some breathtaking scenery here. There have been moments that I've been driving down the interstate in the fall and I am so overcome with a gorgeous sunrise or sunset that's cast behind these stunning colors of the leaves as they're changing that are just covering the mountains. And I will admit that I will very quickly and safely raise my phone up while driving and try to capture a quick photo. But you know what? The picture never does the scene justice. It's never as radiant. The colors are just never as brilliant because there is this windshield in the way. It's dirty. There may or may not be a gift on it left from a bird passing by. And it's like there's just this screen in the way between what I've captured on my phone and the glory of the real thing that I'm seeing. And friends, that's how our current living situation as strangers in this world is described in Scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, Now we see but a dim reflection as in a mirror, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I'm fully known. And I love this word there, dim. The Greek word for that word there means obscure. It's derived from a word that actually means a riddle, something that's just not outright or clear. That's a great description of our view from here, right? While we see a dim reflection right now, though, we do have full access to the God that we will one day see and experience face to face. And that is where the hope is. So sometimes these glimpses of glory we see, they're going to show up on the mountaintop in a glorious cloud or is that all consuming fire like it did for Moses and the Israelites. But sometimes, in fact, probably most of the time, they're going to show up on a meager Monday morning in this minute by minute, nothing too extraordinary, walking with him in faith, taking him out of his word every day routine. So I have just determined that whether the house is painfully empty or it's full of precious crying toddlers, whether the marriage is blissful or it's a struggle some days to stay in love, whether life goes way better than I planned, or it takes me to a valley of depths that I just never thought I would possibly endure. Whether the moment is mundane or it's incredibly unbelievable, Jesus is there. He shows up and I don't want to miss it. I want to experience him, eyes and heart wide open. His word makes it crystal clear that his ways are wild and mysterious and his words are living and active. Through the circumstances that God's allowed me to experience and the unexpected ways he has shown me his word in action, he has proved over and over that he is not only at work in big movements of Billy Graham proportions, but for each of us, he is an ever faithful everyday Jesus. It was said that Brother Lawrence, he was a monk who lived in the 1600s, that he found God everywhere, as much while he was repairing shoes as while he was praying with the community. He was in no hurry to go on retreats because he found the same God to love and adore in his ordinary work as in the depths. Of the desert. He knew that the pettiness of the deed would not diminish the worth of his offering because God, needing nothing, considers in our works only the love that accompanies them. That's just such a beautiful picture of walking with Jesus and looking for him among the imperfections of our lives. So I'm going to leave you today with three tips. This is not a conclusive list of tips. For life, just a few that come to my mind that may encourage you as you ponder the implications of the words I've shared with you in today's episode. These are just three things that as I look back over the last five decades of my life, they've been cornerstones in helping me to walk through life's imperfections with hope and with purpose. Okay, so tip number one, be in God's word every day. The time limit is up to you, and it may depend on your season of life. Not all of us can get up at 5 a.m. and spend three hours of uninterrupted time in the Word. In fact, not all of us can get up at 5 a.m. and do anything coherent at all. That would be me. I have teenagers who don't even start talking to me some nights until 9.30 p.m. So the crack of dawn thing is not going to work. And some of you have toddlers or babies waking you up at 5 a.m. So that's not going to work for you either. But the point is, don't let a day go by that you're not connected to God through His Word. And I know the whole nature of this tip sounds so cliche, but I also know that many of us are prone to neglect it, especially when things are going great and we, without even realizing it, somehow decide we got this on our own. So do whatever it takes to make this goal a reality. Do it when you don't feel like it. Do it when your heart's not in it. Do it when the joy of Jesus is just spilling up and out all over you, but also do it when you're a little more than miffed at God. He can handle it. I know this from experience. Do it even if it feels more like practice than pleasure. Because Isaiah 55, 11 tells us that the words that come out of God's mouth will not go back to him empty handed. They'll do the work he sent them to do. They will complete the assignment he gave them. So just trust this process and make it a daily priority. Okay, number two, some of you are gonna be like, "Um, that doesn't sound very spiritual. And it's probably not, but I'm gonna say it anyway because this tip is a good one. Find things or people who make you laugh. Y'all, I love to laugh, and sometimes it's been my saving grace. Sometimes I will sit with one of my youngest two kids. They're now 16 and 17 years old, and we will watch hilarious reels or those videos like America's Funniest Home Videos, these types of posts, until we are crying and we're literally getting on the nerves of the rest of the family. One of my favorite things about my husband is that he's always been able to make me laugh. Now, don't get me wrong. He can make me cry, too. We're still getting this marriage thing down, and we're 28 years into it. But we have had moments, even during some of our deepest despair, where something has gotten us laughing, and I am rolling on the ground in tears, finding it hard to breathe. And it feels so good. And I recently read an article from the Mayo Clinic And now I know why it feels so good. Listen to these health benefits that can come from laughter. This is what they listed. It stimulates your organs like your heart, lungs, muscles, and brain. It can activate and relieve your stress response. It soothes tension, improves your immune system, relieves pain, makes it easier to cope with difficult situations, and improves your mood. And hear me say this too, I'm not trying to make light of or ignore pain by encouraging laughter. But Proverbs 14, 13 tells us, even in laughter, the heart may ache and rejoicing may end in grief. So laughter and suffering can coexist. It's definitely not a cure for pain. But for me, laughter has been so therapeutic. So go find a clean comedian or a show that makes you laugh and just giggle away. And last number three, find your tribe. For me, sometimes it's been a small group of three or four women I can text when I'm at my lowest or when I want to share a victory. And I don't even hang out with these women regularly, but they are on Team Shelly when it comes to encouraging me, listening to me, loving on me, and sometimes even kicking me in the pants when needed. It could also be a small group at church. We are currently in a small group at our church like none I have ever been in before. We talk about real things. If you come in and you're ticked off at your kid or maybe your spouse, this is a safe place to voice what you're struggling with, to receive empathy and compassion, and we get advice from others, and we dig into the word of God for what God says about these things. We cry in this group, not just the women, the, some of the men too, because we're talking about things that hit at the heart, things the Bible is convicting us of, or things we're completely broken over. It could be a ladies Bible study group, but find your squad in the body of Christ. Because you know what God's plan A is for winning the world? It's the body of Christ. It's biblical community. You know what his plan B is? There isn't one it's plan a all the way so if you don't have a tribe to walk alongside you spiritually i would just challenge you to pray for god to bring you one or to show you where he's already at work maybe and there's a way you can join in And that's a wrap on today's episode of the Unperfect Podcast. Make sure you hit the follow button so you can be notified when new podcasts are available. Also check out the show notes for a list of scriptures, articles, and quotes you heard from me today, as well as a link to my website, wwwun where you can not only find this podcast, but also a blog on similar topics and musings. There's also a link there to subscribe so you can receive an email in your inbox each week when a new one comes out. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, would you do me the honor of leaving a review and sending the link to a friend? This will help other unperfect people like us hear the content that you appreciated today. I'm praying that you'll have a blessed week and you're able to see glimpses of glory in the now and the not yet of your unperfect life. See you next time.